0: Hey everybody, it's Todd. If you happen to be new to Zen Parenting Radio, you might not know that our motto for every single podcast is this, the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So we're hosting the Let's Get Real conference on March 11th and 12th. Kathy and I are bringing eight dynamic speakers, 12 amazing vendors, and upwards of 300 to 400 parents from around the country together for this amazing two-day event. We created this community to help us all be the best parents we can be. It's taking place at the Westin in Lombard, Illinois, which is just outside of Chicago. But we're close to selling out for the first day of this two day conference, so get registered today by going to zengetsreal.com. We really hope to see you there. And now, on with the show. Do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 290. We got 10 to go before the big 300, sweetie. Isn't that right? Yes. Um, On today's show, I'm going to talk about the daddy-daughter dance experience I had on Friday. And we're going to talk about some uh, blogs, whatever we saw, about schools. And how we think certain things are important and other... People think that others are important. <laughs>
1: well, let's say it this way, that there's some school reform going on.
0: Okay. Uh, yes.
1: Don't you believe that some of the what we're talking about is college level, some of it's high
0: school level, and some of it's elementary school Right. And that's all good. Um, so, yeah, I feel like maybe the tide is turning a little bit in the direction that we would like it to. So we're going to talk about that. That's the
1: name of the article. Oh, really? The tide is turning. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Man, I'm good. Sometimes I don't even know how good I am. That's how good I am.
1: Do you think you're good or do you think you had read that so it got stuck in your head?
0: No, no. I'm that good, sweetie. <laughs> um, but first, we did a promotion. Oh, we didn't say if we want to do another one. Um, but we did a promotion two weeks ago saying if you write a review, you enter yourself into a raffle or a drawing for a free attendance at the Zen Parenting Conference, which happens on March 11th and 12th. So we are fulfilling our obligation, and we're going to do the drawing right now. Oh, boy. All right? We're going to get out early. So if you were lucky enough to put in a um, a review and you sent me an email, you are officially entered in the drawing. So Kathy has a, I have bag a bag that has note cards that I wrote down of the people who did it. But first, I need to find the drum roll. So just for clarification, the name that we call is going to get free registration for both days at the Zen Gets Real conference.
1: And the reason they they are in this bag is because they wrote us an iTunes review mm-hmm. and then emailed you and said, hey, this is my iTunes review. So we knew who that person was.
0: Right. There we go. So we ready?
1: I am. I'm kind of nervous. This is the one right here. I got it. The winner is Lee Wilson. Lee Wilson, you won a ticket to the Zen Gets Real conference, which
0: is Friday L E I G H. Uh huh. Not L E E.
1: Correct, and which is Friday and Saturday night, March 11th, March 12th. Not Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday during the day. So it's a full conference, 250 bucks.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, that and um, great. so yeah. So I think we're going to do it again for two more up until next a week from friday's show so
1: are these people in the bags? no no, no 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 yeah you want to keep men yeah all right
0: we'll keep those people in yeah you're still but eligible it's for not people. for it's not for lee gets friday and saturday but the next drawing will be just for saturday okay cool okay and we'll do that a week from friday so they'll, they'll have a day to plan out is that enough time for people to plan know,
1: out? We- no it's uh three weeks away honey
0: oh three weeks away mm-hmm. so we'll do it sometime soon whatever
1: so what Todd's trying to say is write us an iTunes review, right. send him an email saying, here's my iTunes review, you get thrown in the bag, and then we're going to pick again next week.
0: and Or two, a week yeah. and a half, two weeks, whatever. Next show. You'll have a few weeks. Yeah. No, not next show. Because next show is a week from today. Right. You but, just finished telling me that we have over two weeks to go.
1: I know, but but you just to your point, we don't want to tell them five days before. Yeah. Because you, that may not be enough planning.
0: Oh, they'll have plenty of planning. Do you think? Yes.
1: Well, we'll figure it out off air, everybody. No, but, let's
0: but, talk about it for a while. <laughs> so for, congratulations to Lee.
1: Lee, congratulations.
0: Our first partner is Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. She is actually partnering with us at the Zen Gets Real Conference. So thank you, Dr. Kelly. And the website is ChiroTree.com. dot com. So if you need to get adjustments and fix your nervous system, Dr. Kelly's your doctor. So thank you, Dr. Kelly. Correct. All right. The guts of the show is going to be um a year ago I went to a daddy I've been going to daddy daughter dances with my kids for the last cheese. I don't know, JC's twelve, so probably nine years? Yeah, at least, yeah. And it's where you go to Banquet Hall and they feed the kids chicken nuggets and fries and you get dressed in a suit and they get dressed in their best threads and it's fun and you dance and you eat and it's really awesome. You get a cute picture. Yeah, no moms allowed. Right. Like it's daddy-daughter. It's really sweet. Um, so I've been doing this forever and I really enjoy it. It's kind of, we have the, you know, they take a picture of you and give you a picture before you leave. So we have all these different pictures up in the girls' bedrooms and it's something I've always kind of felt like this is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty important. Important. Right. So a year ago I did it and realized at the time JC was 12. So she was 11 and I realized JC was by far the oldest girl there. By far. By far. And I don't think there was anybody there her age. And I wrote this blog, and I said, as if you listen to the show, I call out dads a lot because dads sometimes don't go to screenings, and dads don't ask for help because they're in their masculine, and
1: they don't come to our show, our, yeah. our conference, that right? Kind
0: of thing. All that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I apologize, but sometimes I hold the guys up to a higher standard than maybe is fair. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I wrote this blog and I submitted it to Good Men Project and the guy that I submitted to never got it or he left or he didn't like the blog, whatever. So it would never post it. But it was basically calling out the dads saying, dads, why don't you get your girls to this? Why is it okay when your kid is six, but when your kid is 11 or 12, that they you don't think it's important enough for them to go? Because I feel like that is the most important time of a girl's life to have a good solid relationship with their dad and i you know very very clearly called these guys out saying what's your problem so fast forward to last friday we're my 12 year old and cat and you kathy were in the kitchen before uh school and we were going to the daddy daughter dance that night and i signed up all three of my daughters to go And I even said that story to both you and JC saying, you know, these dads are wimps and they don't get their girls and all that (laughs) other stuff. And then while at the same time, before school, my daughter gets a text about her friends going to a movie that night. And I could see on her face that this is a decision that she has to make, or I could see on her face that this is something that she, um, might want to do instead of going to this daddy daughter dance. Mm -hmm. So I think well, help me out. I think I said, this is your choice. You can do, you don't have to go. You don't have to go with me. You can go to your movie.
1: What happened was you told me that you said she...
0: But weren't you there when I no, told her? No, okay. because
1: what happened was she was in the kitchen when you were kind of bragging on people. You went upstairs, people.
0: right. You went upstairs. And
1: you were like, yeah, you know, you know, dad's got to take the girls to daddy-daughter dance. And I, she was actually, we were hugging at the moment, I remember, because I was watching her face, yeah. you know? And then... Um, she, you actually told me later, yeah. you said, you know, it was in the car when you took them to, um, cause you were in charge of driving them to orchestra and band that day. You came home from that mm-hmm. and you said, JC got a text or they were talking about going to a movie tonight. Yeah. And I said, you got to let her go. Yeah. And you were like, what? And,
0: but I think I said in that moment, uh, you got to kind of make your own decision, JC. So I didn't apply guilt. You weren't in the, you weren't in the kitchen. Correct.
1: No, it was in the car, wasn't it?
0: No, I, you went upstairs Okay, and I said to JC, if you want to go to the movie, you can go. Okay. But I kind of said it with a sense of guilt. I kind of said it like. You said it like you were disappointed. Or I really want her to go. I mean, something to that effect. Correct. So, um, I have a feeling if I did nothing else during that day, she would begrudgingly go. Yes. Now, when you and I had lunch later that day, she's like, you should really let JC off the hook. So, uh, I said, that's a good idea. After some, you know, thinking more about it. Because bottom line is, I don't want her to go if she doesn't want to go.
1: Well, and let me give my perspective on this. Is that, to me, I didn't even... She's going to be 13 in, like, three weeks. Mm -hmm. And what I said to Todd is that the whole... Let's get to the the heart of this. The intention of the daddy-daughter dance is connection. Mm -hmm. And at a certain age, going to a daddy-daughter dance is a type of connection. And for some girls... That may continue to be. This isn't – we're not giving a lecture about when you should go to a daddy-daughter dance. It has nothing to do with it. But when your child gets to a certain age and she starts to have a life of her own and she has the opportunity to have an experience that she would rather have, connection then becomes allowing her – to live her life. Right. Connection changes hands. Right. Where instead of you have to go and you didn't say this, but instead of you have to go the dance with me because this is how we connect, you start to evolve your definition of connection. Right. And connection is I trust you. Right. Let's you and and you're probably gonna get into this, but let's you and I make a different plan together. Right. And go be with your friends because I want you to be you.
0: Right. So that's exactly what I said. I had lunch with Kathy and she's like you should let her off the hook and and here's an idea you can not because what I if I didn't talk to you I probably would have said do what you want and you know she would have felt responsible and guilty if I just would have said that so I took your advice and I said here's a plan I got to take you to lacrosse trouts on Sunday anyways how about we go have dinner just you and me and she through the phone was thought that that was she and I quote that was a fantastic idea. That's what she said, yeah. Because I didn't apply any guilt. Now I will say that while I was saying that there was a part of my heart that was shriveling up. Right. Because we've been talking about this for the last month. Right. And um now I should also say that I have been or I have been traveling a lot the last few weeks so I kind of feel like I've been Very you know productive. so a lot of dads like they're not around that much and so I, I feel like my cup was full with her anyways. So that kind of made it easier.
1: Meaning like if there was a dad who, um, if there was a divorce situation and he only yeah. got to see her a certain amount of time, right. that would be a much bigger disappointment. Right. Or a dad who doesn't get home from work till nine, right. that would be their time together. So of course, to Todd's point, this isn't necessarily what everyone should do, right. but you had the option.
0: Yes. So bottom line, I was really happy when I made that phone call yeah, to her. Yeah. I, I was disappointed myself. I was right. sad, not only because I wanted to go with her, well, and then because I have three daughters. So what we did last year was I would dance with one, the other two would dance with each other. Yeah. This year, my middle and my youngest, it was me and those two. Right. So when I danced with one, the other one, you know, and we could all dance together, obviously, but I like to do these silly, you know, twirl them around and all that. And I could not do that um, with both of them at the same time. So one was kind of standing there on the dance floor by themselves. So the dynamic completely shifted in the night. And not only that, my 11-year-old is also pretty old for going to this thing too. Now she went because she knew that if I lost both (laughs) two out of three – That I would have been devastated.
1: Well, yes and no. I think that maybe that's part of it. Maybe she did part of that for you. But she also didn't have any other plans. And she's in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. Meaning that JC is a totally different story. She's getting older. Where, you know, Cameron may have been. But Cameron
0: was still. I mean, we knew one girl. Cameron uh, saw one girl that was not even in her grade. She was in fourth grade. Yeah. All these are. These are dads. And they're between three and like eight. Right. And then I'm like the guy showing up with these old kids.
1: Oh, and so not a bad thing.
0: No, no, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm very happy that I've been doing it, but um, so I was quite sad in, in the moment because I I missed her, but secondly, it is a sign of the times. Correct. It is a rite of passage as we talked about later on that night. Like and what and this is very and this is what why this story is important. And I don't like this, but this is the way it is. Um, bottom line is JC's at the age where she what you said to me is she wants to be dancing with boys not her dad Correct. and there is a very healthy separation that is that has been taking place for the last year and that separation will only get bigger and bigger over the next five or six years now that doesn't mean that I can't get close stay close to her but it just shifts from one idea to a different idea
1: Exactly. What it means is the way you connect with her will be different. Where before it had more of an intimacy to it, you know, dancing, she's laying on your shoulder. And I'm not saying she's never going to do that right. again. It's just her... It's a natural – you know, I always say to people with 3-year-olds and 13-year-olds, they're doing the exact same thing. They need to separate and individuate. They need to make their parents kind of annoying and bad because it's the only way that they can go out and find their own thing. Because if they're just as in love with their mom and dad as they were when they were six, Mm -hmm. they don't want to go anywhere. So there's like this natural, like, I need to separate from you. With that said, though – we still as parents it's not about okay then go then it's about we need to then figure out other ways right. that are comfortable for them in a more
0: mature relationship well and i think a lot of dads get stuck there yes, i they think do. dads say i don't know who she is anymore what happened to my little girl i don't i don't know what she thinks i don't know how she thinks she thinks that everything i say is stupid or whatever and to your point you could stop there but what is being lost is something quite huge. Instead, you need to reframe it. You need to get creative and figure out other ways of connecting with her. You can't do what used to work. What used to work isn't supposed to work anymore. Right. You need to do other things. So what we did was she had a birthday party over the weekend and she talked about this game that she loved so much. She went to like an arcade, like a really good like Dave and Buster's type place. So after we did the lacrosse thing yesterday, I said, let's go to Dave and Buster's and see if they have that same game. And it's a scary zombie game and they pop out on you. Sure, I would love it. And we did it and it was wonderful. And we connected and um, it was... It felt good. It felt the way it's
1: supposed... It's felt right. Right. Because if you were trying to do something you guys did two years ago... Yeah. then you, like the, the words that keep coming into me, to my mind are she is evolving and changing and maturing. So we as parents have to evolve, yeah. evolve, change and mature. Yes. Meaning we don't get to stay where we are. Right. We have to continue to grow. Right. We have to figure out how do we connect with our 13 year old. And you know what, if you're staying connected to your kids day by day, meaning you're in their lives and you know them and you know their friends. And it's not like it's it's awful, right. It's actually kind of enjoyable mm-hmm. like i I have the same sadness you do sometimes when, like, you know, jay has gone for two days, or sure. she goes to these overnight birthday parties, and she's not here, yeah, and so we miss she her. she doesn't
0: need us as much right. as she used to.
1: But I also enjoy our conversations. I enjoy our texts. I enjoy um, m- watching movies together that we couldn't watch before. Like, I'm enjoying the process rather than holding on tight to something that no longer exists. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think about that scene in um, American Beauty where um, Kevin Spacey's standing at the sink, I think he's doing dishes, and he's talking to to his daughter. And he basically says that to her, like, we used to be friends. We used to go fishing. What happened? He says to her, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. And she's like, what? Like, what happened to me? Like, this is what I'm, you know, she doesn't say this. I'm, I'm, you know, bringing this into it. But she's basically saying, like, what happened to you? Right. Like, where are you? Why aren't you showing up as my dad? Right. Why am I having to change for you? Like, why do I have to continue to be a little girl for you to love me? Right. Why can't you see me as a teenage girl now? Mm-hmm. And that is our job as parents, is we have to let go and then reconfigure right. our relationship over and over and over again. Right. And the letting go, when I say that, everybody, because people get, they, they get too exaggerated in this, it doesn't mean you let them do whatever they want. There are, of course, still boundaries. There's, of course, still, you know, respect and communication. I, I hope that goes without saying. Right. But at the same time, it is time mm-hmm. for her to go off and do these things. Yes,
0: it is. Now, there's one other thing I want to mention is um, there's a term in sports, or maybe it's not in sports, where you eat crow. You know what eat crow means? Uh,
1: It means that you swallow words that you said in the past.
0: Right. So for all those dads I was going to call out in that blog. Yeah. I realize now that it wasn't the dads, or maybe it was, but it's the daughters that don't want to go. I was ignorantly perceiving that the dads didn't want to do it right and i am i was wrong i think that there's a lot of dads like me that want to do it and the daughters are simply like are starting to break away
1: and they're like my friends aren't going yes i'm not interested why would i want to go right
0: with you and a bunch of other little kids right
1: and what the dad's role then because first of all i I hear what you're saying you're saying i didn't know this till i knew it yes you just learned this right um, which is what we're all doing all the time. And then yeah. the thing that the dad has to do from that point when he says, Oh, you don't want to sign up for this dance instead of saying, "Well, forget it. Then you say, okay, well what can we do that night? Right. Like make another plan.
0: Um, so I think this is the part of American beauty you're talking oh, about. Good. You know, you don't always have to wait for me to come to you. Oh, great. So now it's my fault. I didn't, I didn't say that it's nobody's fault. It's, Jenny, what happened? We used to be pals. That's the, that's the end of the dialogue.
1: Um, there's a lot of visual in there. Yeah. because What it's, a great movie, by the way. It is. And it's her being completely, her mind is blown yeah. by the fact that her dad is somehow making this her fault.
0: And I guarantee you that there is a moment in every dad's life who has a daughter where we say, what happened?
1: Where, what, why did you pull away from me? Yes. Where did you go? Yes, and here's something that's super important because that night in bed we talked about this for a long time, and you said I'm just sad. Yeah, and I said, Oh my gosh, yes. So to all your dads, to all you dads listening, and to all you moms who are going to share this with your significant other, it's okay to be sad about it. Meaning that's like Todd said, it's a rite of passage, and so there's kind of a there's a sense of loss. Yeah. So to feel that initially is so normal, but again, I'm going to use this language that uh, Shivali always says. Keep your feelings, check your behavior. Mm -hmm. You can feel that way and process it with, you know, your significant other, like talk about it, work through it, which is really what we did. But let me finish the sentence, but don't take that out on your child. Don't use your feelings to guilt them, shame them, make them feel bad for growing up.
0: So I think I know the answer to this question. So would you advise the dad to at least say to his daughter, you're growing up and a And I'm – there's a part of me that is really sad because of it. Or would you not even advise saying anything like that? I
1: think there's a mature way to say it because really what you're doing then is you're dumping a feeling on them versus saying, oh, I'll miss those dances. But you know what? We got some bigger things to think about. So it's like a recognition of – well the, time, the times are moving right. and we're going you know I'm going to, I'm going to keep up with you right. but we have some fun things to look forward to because what your daughter needs so much is to maintain that connection with you even though they're going to push you away in certain ways because they have to yeah. they want to make sure you still love them and have their back and are interested in them and so it's So even just, though
0: they're pushing you away you need to move toward not towards them but you, it's it's just easy to kind of decide i don't understand my daughter
1: it's because we use the old ways and we'll say you know like a 13 year old is not going to necessarily snuggle up on your lap the yeah. way they might yeah. i'm not saying that's bad i'm just saying it's going to look different it's we have to mature it's got to evolve them. it's got to evolve and and let them take the lead and if we if we stay if we remain creative in the way that we communicate with with them meaning we're real mm-hmm. you know like to your point we can sometimes say i don't know what to do i just know i, I just know i want to spend time with you yeah. so what can we do like stay real and but do keep your feelings because if you repress your feelings your behavior will come out negative
0: toward them if
1: you do not discuss your feelings if you go oh I don't care I didn't really want to go that dance anyway it's going to come out some other way so this is a very loaded thing um, because a
0: lot of things can go wrong a lot of
1: emotions and and thus is change you know it's almost like we have to I I I would never say we have to be teenagers again because we don't we gotta let them be teenagers and we're the adults but there is that natural we're still growing and changing as they are and we have to accept that discomfort well and I
0: think it's an old dog new tricks thing. I've been Absolutely. I've been doing the same thing to connect with my daughter for the first 12 years of her life. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for me to evolve. Now, I'm going to do my best and I'm going to do it, but it does not come natural naturally to me because I'm used to something else. And right. us dads need to um, step up, well, be you're, resourceful. You're
1: used to something else and it's habitual. Yes. This is what we do. We're going to all get dressed up instead of now you are going to learn. Yeah. Now it's it, you still may be the one driving the car getting to the new place but she's going to show you the new I've game. been
0: doing the one teaching this whole time.
1: And now she's going to say look at this zombie game. Yeah. Which I'm sure like is really gross and something I would never want to do. Yeah. Um but for you to say no, we don't do zombie games. Well,
0: yeah. forget it. Then you're <laughs> you're disconnecting with your kid.
1: She's saying this is what I'm interested in. So
0: the last thing I want to say and then we'll move on is that um I had a friend who was struggling with one of his sons and the advice I gave to him is the advice that I need to give to myself and all the other dads out there is whenever you have a really kind of intense situation, and my buddy was in a pretty intense situation with his son, and this was pretty, could have been intense with my daughter, is go in with the intention of connection. Instead of wanting to be right, instead of saying it didn't used to be like this, go in with... The most important part of this exchange with you and your daughter, you and your wife, whatever, is that we love each other and let's hold on to this relationship and make it grow as opposed to winning and, and making them feel less than.
1: Let's evolve together. Yeah. Let's, um, let's learn and there will be growing pains along the way and sometimes we won't do it well, but let's be willing to be creative.
0: Right. Um, All right. Number two partner is John J. Kelly Dentistry. Um, His website is chicagodentistonline.com. He does teeth whitening and he also does Invisalign teeth straightening. And that is something that uh, you can go to his website and learn more about. And Dr. Kelly will be one of our partners at the Zen Gets Real Conference on March 11th and 12th. So now you do a better job of summarizing things because I tend to read. Will you summarize uh, at least the one article that your friends sent to you?
1: Okay. So uh, so Manisha sent this to me last week, and it was really kind of about uh, – talk about evolving the evolution of colleges and universities and their admission process. So at the very the, – the, the article is really about 50 college and university deans of admissions, some college presidents, some chancellors um, are kind of creating a new way that they're going to handle admissions – in their universities and colleges. Mm. So basically they're trying to reform the way admissions are handled now, which then in turn reforms the way we treat our children in high school. Yeah. Because if they're gonna reform the admission process, then we don't have to Fill our kids' day up with a million different activities and tell them they have to be in all AP classes to get into college.
0: So, by the way, this is coming from a blog called The Tide Is Turning. High School is Coming Back, and we'll post it on our show notes. Uh, by
1: Anne Cronin. So, go That's ahead. That's who it's by. So, um, basically, what the article is about is that educators on both sides, high school educators and college educators, have been looking at this whole process with a lot of dismay because they've been recognizing the pain it's been causing children, the pain it's been causing families – and how children are getting lost in the process; their childhoods getting lost in the process. And how what they are really doing is causing children to become more self-focused and narcissistic, rather than bigger-picture, compassionate, help other people. Yeah. And I think what's really great is instead of you know hammer this to death, let's look at the fact that it's being recognized. Yeah. I mean, I'm really pleased that. Um, the one thing I will say is this is an article. Yeah. So I'm not saying this is happening everywhere yet. I'm saying that this is the discussion that is occurring at some of the major universities, and they're starting to hand down some suggestions on how we can make this change. So did you want to read some of those?
0: Well, a few things. One is, when you talk about the universities, some of the universities that are mentioned in this article are Harvard, Yale, North Carolina, MIT, Holy Cross, and 44 other colleges and university who are looking at this. I don't know Correct. if it's a possibility, or if it's set in stone, or... If there's other things, I think it's a
1: proposition. Yeah. I think it's like, okay, how can we make this happen? And what
0: they are realizing that we all know is that getting into college has become a resume building activity. Exactly. And these kids. Whether or not they truly are engaged in an activity or not, they'll kind of sign up for something just so they can put it on their resume, but they're really not engaged. This I thought was interesting. Turning the tide throws the whole idea of resume building for 14-year-olds out the window and encourages, encourages meaningful engagement in extracurricular activities. Applications will ask to report only two or three activities and to explain in narrative form how the activities are meaningful for them. Correct. Which I think is interesting because you know i think a lot of kids are think more is better and what they're saying is more is not necessarily better and they only can list two or three so instead of signing up for 10 things and putting as many things on that application, they will pick two or three and truly engage in those activities.
1: Which makes sense because the, what college and universities know is that when they see that a kid is engaged in 15 things, they know that most of the time they're just maybe showing up for a meeting mm-hmm. or two, or they did it once, or they're not really even that active in it because human beings cannot be everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. It's just not physically possible. And if our kids are doing all those things, then it's probably not good for them. Another Another main thing that is one of my favorite things because I'm such a poor test taker and had such a negative experience with the testing world is that – So it says, uh, recently, um, a president of a highly regarded university, so they didn't say which university it was, but said that within 10 years, standardized testing for college admission will be gone because all colleges recognize it is high school grades that predict success in college, not standardized tests.
0: I can't tell you how awesome it made me feel when I read that sentence, because I'll tell you something about our beautiful little 12-year-old. Yes. Yes. For those of you who listen to the show, you know that we're not the type of parents that put a lot of pressure on our kids to excel in school. We help them, we support them, but we put very little pressure on them. And this little 12-year-old of ours feels the pressure, not from us, but from her peers, from the science, the system, the Mm -hmm. the entire system. Mm -hmm. And it's just crazy. So a lot of my friends who say, oh, you got to stay on them, otherwise they won't get into a good school or they won't get a scholarship or whatever. my, My response to that is... They feel the pressure. Every day. They don't need more from us.
1: And if we press even more, it turns either inward where they stop talking about it or it goes the other way where they rebel and say, I'm not going to do it at all. So another thing that I think is really great about this is it talks about community service because community service has become a big thing um, as far as getting into colleges, which I think it should be. Mm. But again, a lot of kids aren't really having the community service experience because they're just like writing it down, showing up, that kind of thing. So it says the new college application process will ask students, ask students only about community service in which they have been involved for at least a year and for which they feel passionate about. Hello. And then this is the best part. The definition of community service is also expanded to substantial and sustained contributions to the family. So what that means is working outside the home to provide income for the family or caring for siblings or family members. Counts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, I just could be, I could cry right now. Do you know how huge that is?
0: Well, I'm thinking, like, what about the kid who is, doesn't have, um, the family doesn't have enough money and he's out working. He's working at the grocery store, bagging groceries. That is not something you can put on a college application right now, or or if you can, it doesn't mean a whole lot. And I think what that is saying is... That counts. It counts,
1: number one, because they're working and and developing a work ethic, and number two, because it is service to their family and to the highest good of their unit. So like the last sentence says, doing that, that new program of honoring the sustained contribution to a family, doing that honors the service of less affluent students who give time to their families and do not have time for service to others. Mm -hmm. I mean- that is so huge and to be able cuz i'm just thinking personally as an adult and i'm not even a kid in high school but when 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 something's going on with my parents and they're you know there's hospital care or i'm in the hospital with my dad that can be weeks yeah that can be my life yeah. for a certain amount of time and if i was a high school kid and had to be in that situation there'd be a lot missed right and so to say and to have the experience of caregiving in that way demonstrates empathy it demonstrates connection and it demonstrates an ability to take care of other people right so for it to be not looked at is, a, is ridiculous so uh, and i'm saying they are doing that now or they plan on it
0: so it just feels like the momentum is moving in the right direction yeah. and all we want to do is give our listeners um, resources that we believe in so there you go do we want to talk real quick about the thing that, um, I don't know who sent it to me or where I found it, but it's the whole Texas school sure, thing? Sure, sure. There's a blog I read, Texas school triples recess time and sees immediate positive results in kids. Texas school started giving children four recess breaks a day and teachers and parents say the results have been wonderful. Kindergarten and first grade students get two 15-minute recess breaks every morning and two fifteen 15-minute breaks every afternoon to go play outside and it they say that the kids are actually learning more because they're better able to focus in class and pay attention without fidgeting it goes on to say the american academy of pediatrics says that recess is a crucial and necessary component of a child's development um once my kid goes into uh middle school there is no recess correct so if you're whatever 12 years old or 11 years old no recess available which is sad um goes on and she and this lady who set this up hopes that uh, right now it's kindergarten and first grade and she wants to add another grade every year as it goes on.
1: Well, there was um the quote uh by Maria Montessori about play is the work of children. Yeah. Like the whole concept of playing it builds their brains, first of all. It develops their neuro- neural pathways because they're working with their hands and can, you know having relationship with others. It teaches them how to be in relationship with others, social skills. It teaches them, and I shouldn't even say it teaches, it allows them to move their energy because children have a lot more than we do. Yeah. They can't sit all day like that. And it engages their brain. So when they do sit down again, they actually have the ability to handle what's in front of them. And so the whole idea of decreasing recess so our kids, quote, unquote, learn more during the day is not based in science. Yeah. It's based in fear. Yeah, It's based in like, oh, my gosh, we're getting behind. So to get ahead, we're going to fill every minute of this day with more work. And that is not the way a kid's brain works.
0: It's kind of like that that whatever metaphor saying that, uh, you know, you put your ladder up against a wall thinking that you're going to climb it and you realize it it's, was the wrong it's leaning wall. up against the wrong wall. The whole
1: time. Yeah and you've been climbing this ladder and that's we do so much of that like i come from a family of educators so we talk about these things all the time but so many people are who are making the decisions government officials you know people who have been in business who have no educational uh, background meaning yeah. they've never taught they've never been in a classroom they've never been an administrator and they're making these decisions for the school system yeah. and it doesn't help the kids it actually hurts them in the long run and i want to say from a personal On a personal note, I drive uh, my two youngest to school and I also pick up one of uh, our neighborhood friend. And I always say to them in the car, you know, what – how do you guys feel about today? Like I already know what all their favorite days are or whatever. And they always comment on I like today because I get to do TDPE. I like today – Which is
0: another form of recess.
1: Yeah. I think it's called like teacher. Yeah, I, don't I have
0: no idea why they, that's way too many letters to say.
1: But whatever, they like it when they know they have a break. Yeah. And some and some parents will look at that and say, well, that's because they're lazy. They don't want to work. No, mm-hmm. it's because they can function when they can look at a day and say, okay, I can do this as long as I know I have a break. Yeah. When you look at a day... And there's no break in sight from 8 a.m. until 3. Do you want to have that day? Right. I don't. Right. Because I go to lunch. Or I don't go. I eat here. Yeah. Sometimes I eat in front of my computer, which isn't good. No. It isn't. No. But sometimes when I'm doing that, I'm reading
0: articles. Let's have more conversations about what you do during lunch (laughs) Katie. Our listeners really need to know.
1: Well, I'm trying to give a personal example.
0: I'm sorry. Did I hurt your feelings? Kind of. Sorry,
1: I'm trying to give it a (laughs) (laughs) person. They don't need to know any of this, but if they're listening, sweetie, they
0: need to know the stuff that I say.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Todd is holding a piece of paper, waiting to talk again. He just wants me to be done because
0: we're 37 minutes in. Who
1: cares? Sometimes we go 58 minutes, so it doesn't matter that we're 37. I
0: know, but I have an agenda. (laughs) Sorry, sweetie. Hey Shafali. We got ten shows coming up. We're doing something special. Did you
1: call me Shafali?
0: No, I'm ta- I'm asking you to talk about Shafali. Oh, you want
1: me to talk about Shafali? Yeah. Okay.
0: So we're doing sorry, sweetie, I'm I feel bad now.
1: No, you don't need to feel bad. Oh good. I because you played the wah wah wah, it made up for all of it. Oh good. Okay. So here's the deal. I talked to Shafali last night on the phone. Who's oh,
0: Shafali? Oh,
1: Dr. Shafali is our keynote speaker at the Zen Parenting Let's Get Real conference, March eleventh and twelfth. That if you miss then your friday just,
0: is pretty much sold out.
1: You're just bonkers because yeah. this is just such a good amazing opportunity and there's more things coming up with it that yeah. are you better get your ticket for friday. How many do we have left for friday night?
0: Give or take about 10.
1: Give or take about 10, but I think a few of them just went away. One of them just went away to Lee. Sweet. Um so if you are planning on going friday night it's going to go away right. in the next couple of days. So you better do Which it. Which
0: means you can sign up for Saturday, but not Friday.
1: And it sounds like we have something even more special on for Friday, Friday night. night. So um, That we
0: will reveal on Friday. On Friday.
1: So anyway, we are going to do, uh, we're going to chat with Shafali this Wednesday and, and podcast it. We're going to tape it because we're going to ask her 10 different questions. And then every day leading up to the conference, so it'll be one every day, um, weekdays, not weekend, but we are going to put one of the questions out on our Facebook page and on our social networking. And so you can listen to what her answer is. Yeah. Um, and so some of the things that we're going to ask her, um, why is there such, you know, speaking of school, why is there such a need to push kids to keep busy? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we always trying to keep our kids busy? Um, uh, some other ones. Why are we so easily offended by our kids? Why do teens rebel? Why do bullies bully? Um, why is homework time so filled with conflict? Why do our children stop listening to us? Um, how do I help my child develop personal responsibility? Those are just some of the questions. So, are we going to post this
0: like on our Facebook page, or is this going to be a little five minute podcast that people will get in their, you know, iTunes on their podcast app on their phone? No,
1: no, it'll be a little social networking. Okay, thing. got it. So, if you don't already like our page, go to Zen Parenting Radio um, on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram, yeah. um, or on Pinterest. Yeah. It's going to be in all four places. So we'll just, starting next Monday, we'll be posting some answers, uh, one, one answer a day to mm-hmm. these kind of questions. Got it.
0: Wonderful. Thank you, So you got sweetie. some
1: producing ahead of
0: you. I know. I can't wait. Um, listener question to close out our show. Okay. Um, I'm a mother of two boys, ages three and six months. I stay at home with the boys. My problem is I went to school for a master's degree shortly before getting married, and my student loans are such a burden we can barely pay the bills. Additionally, our rural location, which is where she lives, means almost zero possibility for a career. Mm. I did go through a six-month-long interview process working remotely for a nonprofit, only to come in second and not get the offer. All the financial burden, plus the isolation of knowing nearly nobody for over a year is really putting a strain on my relationship with my husband, as well as his anger issues. Hmm. He's a loving father who simply comes from an angry background. And when large stresses arise, like money, his temper is easily tipped, leaving me sheltering the boys from him until he can cool down. In my time home, I have discovered new passions, yoga, natural birth, cleaning, eating, etc., And if only I could translate some of this into an income to ease the strain on him while still being at home.
1: Okay. So a few things, just that last sentence you, she said, ease the strain on him. Yep. And that in itself tells me a lot of what's going on in your mind, right. um, whoever wrote this because, so a lot of the things you're trying to do is you're trying to alleviate his anger. Yeah. So I'm just pointing that out as...
0: that Yeah, what, what can you learn about the language that she chose? Yeah. I, I think what you get out of that is you think you have control over his... His anger. Anger, and you don't. You don't.
1: Because if that part went away, yeah, there would be else. something else to be angry about. And I'm saying that not to demonize your husband because lots of people have to deal with their anger. Yeah. Um, we all have to deal with our anger. Yeah. You and I get angry sometimes, for sure. But it's about that. what Todd just said. Uh, You don't have control over that. What you do have control over is how you guys communicate and your role in that communication, not alleviating his anger, Mm. but how you show up to communicate. And it may not alleviate his anger. There's some real things where we can show up very calm and very um, ready to have a win-win situation, and it doesn't always work out that way. Right. But let me say this, because there's a lot of things that you said, uh, living in a rural area, having a student loans with your master's degree, which I'm still paying off mine, aren't I? Yes. Am I, are we close? No. Okay. So I understand. Um, and uh, you know th- those are real things. What I would say is, a lot of times when we're in the middle of that kind of thing, we kind of stay in the same box about it. Like, I have to get a job. If I don't get a job, this is going to happen because we we only think there's just a few solutions. And if that doesn't happen, then everything falls away. You have to get out of the box and say, what are some other options for our family? Mm-hmm. Not just for you. This shouldn't be just on you because the decision mm-hmm. to have two children was a family decision. Yeah, it wasn't just you know when when you bring. Children into the family, someone, there needs to be a caregiver, and that can be the dad or that can be the mom. But when that decision is made, then we have to kind of open up the box and say, okay, how can all four of us do something different? Maybe, and I'm being extreme here just to kind of point out what I'm trying to say, maybe you can't live in that rural place anymore. Right. Maybe it's saying in a year from now, we're going to live in a different place. Maybe it's that you need that right now you can work nights and do something that has nothing to do with your degree.
0: I agree with you. And, um, it's, it's funny. I'm thinking of my, my mentor, Tony Robbins, and he talks about, you know, you don't have enough. People are always complaining, including me and you yes. and everybody. We're always, we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough. We live in the wrong neighborhood. Right. We don't, are, ha- right. I, I, I learned my master's degree. So I have to get a job with my master. Like, and what he says, what he's teaching me is, it's not about not having enough resources, it's about becoming resourceful. And what you just said was three or four different out-of-the-box ideas. Yeah. So I'm encouraging, like you just did, this woman to be resourceful. Think out of the box. Think about different things that you can do to, because all of her eggs were in this one, basket, long interview process, working remotely, a six-month interview. Like she put all those yeah. eggs in one basket. Yeah. And that's I've not, done that before. And that's not fair to her. No. You need to put, because the minute that you have to have a job, you send energy out in the universe yeah. like it, it that does not necessarily. There's a neediness. Yeah. That yeah. Does, it's better if you, you know, and I, I don't know enough about this woman to uh, come up with any other solutions, but come up with different ideas and have six eggs and then maybe at the same time, you know, do a uh, something in your community that has to do with yoga or natural uh, birth or cleaning, and you may not get paid for it the first time, but you might if it's something you love to do. As our friend, uh, that guy who does that video. Um, uh, he says, um, "What if money were no object?" Ellen Watts. Oh yes,
1: Ellen Watts. I'll yes. post
0: that on. I'm writing notes. I'll post that on.
1: And the reason why the "What if money is no object." Uh, quote, is important because people will say, but it is an object. I know. It is something that is, you know, it's a resource that we need to live in this world. But when we take that out of the equation, even if it's for five minutes, we get very clear about what really makes us tick. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you said, you know, I I think she said something about cleaning. I Mm -hmm. love to clean. Yeah. Why not when, you know, when your husband gets home from work or if you have child care services, why not clean facilities yeah like office buildings and stuff and people say but she has a master's degree mm-hmm. so what yeah sometimes we do things for the time mm-hmm. and of course there's bigger things that big but see that's all relative too we say bigger things meaning she needs to be in an office or have this kind of job and would never do this kind of labor but we do all of the above yeah. like don't we i mean when i think about all the different hats i i hold in a day it's or that I wear in a day, it's hard. I don't hold them. I put them on my head. Well, hat. you can
0: hold the hat, but I, I would put it on that I'm way gonna, I don't have to hold it. Then in I my don't hand. have to be a hat I like, rack. I like having two hands available.
1: I do too. And, and lots of different hats on my head. No. Um, so Todd is doing bad things. So
0: anyway,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway it, I would just say that Open up your mind and 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 don't feel like it's all on you. Like be talk to your husband about this. Talk to him about Talk
0: to him when it's in a good when 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 both of you are in a good space.
1: Ask him out on a date.
0: Ask him out on a date. Get out of the house. Get a babysitter, get a neighbor to come over for a few hours. Because if you do it inside the house, it's harder to come clean and have a good open conversation about anything.
1: Well, you still have the the responsibility energy. Yeah. Yeah. If you
0: do it with kids around, forget it. Right. Ask your husband out on a date, be honest and authentic, and then finish the date with something fun. Go get ice cream, do something to positively reinforce it. In my coaching practice, they have something called the executive meeting. And that's what it is. Running a family is like running a business. And anything that annoys you about your partner, you have, you write it down. So don't address it in that moment when it annoys you, because that's when fights start happening. Write it down in a journal, in your phone, and then have this and have a good intention of this is... I want to say this because I want my family situation to evolve and improve. And if you can do that, but you have to do it off-site and finish it with something fun to do.
1: Well, and I will say just I know that men, you know, as you always tell me, Todd, and as I know about men, that they, they feel the weight of the world on their shoulders because they feel that they have a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And I get that and I totally get that. But women carry the social weight yeah. and the love weight and the emotional Um, expression weight of everybody in the family and she feels like if she could solve this problem everything else would be cake and really you know even though it's something that needs to be worked through and a creative solution you know be optimistic that a creative solution is possible
0: well one thing is my dad used to always say that he would have stayed buried with my mom if they had money he always blames the divorce on on money. money and I'm sorry dad I love you and I don't know if you'll listen to this but I feel like that is a cop out. I'm not saying that it's not a real concern because man, I worry about money more than most people I know, but the relationship can work with or without money. Mm -hmm. You know, money is kind of an it's it's on the perimeter. It
1: became money becomes the catalyst. Yeah. Money becomes the thing because divorce rates, um, when you look at why people divorce, yeah. number one is always money. Interesting. But as a therapist, as a someone who understands human behavior, you know that it's not really the money. No. It's the relationship to money, the communication about money, the responsibility with money, and all of those things are respect issues in a relationship. Yeah. And so, you know, if you don't know what your partner's financial habits are and then you find out that they're extreme, mm. that's going to cause a rift. Yeah. But that's also about lying and yeah. truthfulness and integrity. So, again, to your point, your dad is using that thing, but really there are many other pieces yeah.
0: involved. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that helped. That was, I, I thought that maybe that will help her.
1: Well, I hope so, and you know, just the fact that you wrote the letter, you're already thinking about it. Yeah, you know, so
0: it's all good. You know,
1: it is. There are no simple solutions. We, I, there's no way to say do this and do that. But just knowing that you can open this up Mm -hmm. and just kind of look at it from many different ways and ask your friends for help and ask people online for help. And because you already said you were going to do something remotely anyway.
0: And she has, she doesn't have a community. She lives in a rural area. You know, it's 2016. You can connect with people without being, you know, obviously face to face is always the best, but there's a community of people out there that want to support with you, support you and connect with you and all that. You might be in front of a computer, but you can do it.
1: That's right. I mean, even therapists, like I, you know, therapists are typically are face-to-face and that's ideal in certain situations. But when I went into coaching and Todd's in coaching now, all of that's done over the phone. Yeah. You can be anywhere. You can have a client anywhere. And that never even existed a certain time
0: Well, ago. and it's funny, she was actually interested and then she realized I charged money for coaching. She's like, I don't have the money for that, which is mm-hmm. fine. Um, and I respect that. But uh, I will also say that there's friends out there that you can... You know, you give to them, they give back to you. A barter situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or you listen and support her for a half hour, and then she does the same thing for you for a half hour, mm-hmm. and that might fill your tank up a little mm-hmm. bit. So there's Different of-
1: than coaching, because friendship is different than coaching.
0: True, but right. just something, some, some support. I feel like she needs some support.
1: I agree. I agree. And um, you have every right to it. And as my friend told me yesterday that I told her this, and it helped her, and so I'm going to say it to you, you have every right to be happy. That there's no reason that you need to carry the burden of everybody else's pain. You are just as important and you have every right to be happy.
0: What I'll say, and you probably won't like this, but Uh you as a human being have the responsibility to be happy. Yeah. You know, that's why we're here. Or content or joyful, whatever word you want to put in there. I don't like happy because happy is-
1: Well, it's a feeling.
0: Contingent upon the exterior. Not always. For me. Okay. And contentment is something that comes from inside. For it, me.
1: It can be. And when I say happy, I know that happy is a feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, we've actually done shows about this, you know, right. the difference. Contentment is that peace inside. Um, happy, you like you said, can come from experiences. But I also woke up this morning really early, and I was having all these deep thoughts. And first they were heavy, and then I realized that they were actually kind of enjoyable, and I felt happy. And there was nothing that happened. I just had a recognition of feeling happy. And so sometimes... Contentment is like being able to be at peace even when things are chaotic.
0: That's the ocean thing. Right. Where if you go 10, you know, if there's a hurricane, you go, you know, 15 feet below the surface of the ocean, it's calm.
1: Exactly. And you know what, you guys, for those of you who are like, no, to me, happy is this and contentment is this. Absolutely. Find your own definition.
0: We just gave this lady a million different ideas. If you use one of them, you're, you're great. You're golden or none of them. doesn't matter. You can
1: say none of that helped.
0: Yeah. None of that helped. (laughs) <laughs> go listen to another podcast in addition to ours you know we're just we're coming up with ideas we're throwing as much stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks right, right. so anyways um, so we're going to do the drawing sometime between now and the conference okay. for more iTunes reviews
1: so say that again. We're going to do another drawing, another drawing for conference registration. For
0: Saturday only, though.
1: Okay, Saturday only. Because
0: we're running out of space on Friday. So
1: if you want to go to the conference but money is an issue, write us an iTunes review, email Todd, said, say, here's my review. The reason we're having you email Todd.
0: That way I know how to reach out to you if you win, like Lee.
1: Right, because iTunes, when, you
0: don't know. It just says you, like, like you a kind him. of a
1: pretend name. Yeah. So Todd is at comments at com.
0: I sure am. Um, All right, guys, Uh, we have a show coming up on this Friday.
1: We're not interviewing anybody. We're not interviewing. It's just going to
0: be me and you. Okay. So keep (laughs) trucking. Adios. Have a good week. Oh, Jeremy Kraft, Avid Company, bald-headed beauty, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Avidco.net, 630-956-1800. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you, listeners. We love you. Right, sweetie? Uh, We do. Bye. That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to ZenParentingRadio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at ZenParentingRadio.com or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the Send Us a Voice Message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget, our Zen Parenting conference is on March 11th and 12th 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award winning books, you can purchase through our website or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in The Tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to the thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time.